Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking about education matters today, and our special guest is Dr. Jeremy Wint, the chairman of the Department of Curriculum and Instruction in Tennessee Tech's College of Education and a professor of education at Tennessee Tech. Jeremy, welcome. Good morning. Well, good morning. It's good to have you on the on the program, and uh, it's fun to see you again. I've known you out at Tech, but some of our um, listeners may not know you, so uh, please tell everybody a little bit about yourself and where you grew up and how you got here. Sure, sure, glad to. Roundabout pathway, as many higher ed professionals have uh, have made it. So I started out with an undergrad in business at Tennessee Tech. Nothing uh, bad about that? No, not at all, not at all. It's, a, it's very useful, very, been a very useful degree over the years. Uh, I came here from Coalfield, Tennessee, from Morgan County, so very small town. Uh, Tennessee Tech was a, a big step for me, uh, and so I, I have obviously stayed here. Been here a few years, stayed as an undergrad, and, and never quite left. Uh, so I've been here ever since, finished up through through a master's in education and a EDS and then on to a doctorate uh, from Tennessee State University. Uh, and so I've been at Tech for almost almost 20 years now. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it sort of got in your blood and you just never could get very far away from it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. And what is your teaching specialty? What area did you major in? So I, I started out uh, at, with a short stint in the high school system, uh, but realized as a, as a male uh, – that I could I could pretty much choose my classroom in, a, in an elementary or middle school setting, and so I came back to do elementary and middle school, uh, and then ended up making the leap after I was a grad assistant, making the leap to a, an instructor. Uh, had filled in some, and and so I made that leap to an instructor, and then you know the rest is the rest is history. They said they'd pay for my degrees, and and I I never stopped at that point. And I remember that feeling that that sort of has a lot. Similar to uh, to my experience during that during that time too, although a different major and a different college, but but same same kind of activity. Uh, well, you you are chairman of one of the largest departments, not just in the College of Education, but one of the largest departments at Tennessee Tech. Tell us about curriculum and instruction, and uh, what all that what all goes on in your department. Yeah, so so after. Uh a little over ten years as a as a professor, instructor, assistant, you know, working my way up through the ranks. Uh, I was pretty happy as a professor in, in teaching teachers. Uh, technology, educational technology, is my specialty, and so you know, it's one of those days where where someone says, "Hey, can you fill in and be the chair?" You know, and I said, "Temporarily, uh, I could do that temporarily." And so, ten ten years later. Uh, I, I'm I'm still at the at the helm of the ship, uh, known as curriculum and instruction. So you know our primary our primary area or biggest accomplishment that I would say is that we produce more teachers annually than any other department program in the state of Tennessee. So you know we've held that for quite a few years. A, a strong team. We have a strong leadership team in the College of Ed and and strong faculty. And support from the community, and and that's that's a huge deal, you know. So I, I'm personally just glad to play a role. I just I have a role. <laughs> I support, you know. I I, I don't think of myself, uh, you know, no accolades for me. I'm just I'm just keeping things moving forward and holding it together. So, you know, it, it is a it is a large department with a lot of moving parts, 
could be split out into you know a dozen smaller departments, but but it's fun, and and there there is no you know no what are we going to do at work today? I mean, there's always a challenge and always something exciting. You know, there there are a lot of folks that are surprised when they hear that fact that you uh, just shared that. Uh, it's the College of Education and the Department of Curriculum and Instruction that produces a, a predominant number of the teachers across the entire state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. the largest supplier in the entire state. That That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, it's something that we're proud of. You know, it, it's one of the ways, and, and it'll skip ahead to a question, but it's relevant one of the ways that we do that is partnering with more districts than other universities. So some universities may have two districts or five districts that they partner with to allow residents to teach, you know, students to teach. And, and we're up over 50 uh, partnerships with districts and, and 35 or so that are active. We have today, we have, you know, active residents in that many districts as we speak. And so that's, that's a big deal. You know, it allows, it allows us to really serve those rural communities, uh, all the way back to Morgan County, to my hometown, sure. where, where we have residents. And, and, you know, some universities don't don't serve that many areas. And so it, it gives us a niche, but it allows us to really, you know, to really serve Tennessee. Well, I know it's a little early in the fall semester to, to quote hard numbers, but uh, roughly how many students do you anticipate this year? You know our our freshman numbers are up. We, we are one of the departments on campus that that have the College of Ed has seen an increase, um, and so our undergrad numbers are up, and and so we have several hundred incoming freshmen, which is exciting. You know I have close to a thousand students across the department, uh, and so you know the majority of those are undergraduate education majors, uh, and so it, it's it's a good number. It's a good strong number, and we're it's excited about that. It is, yeah, and uh, and how many faculty do you lead in that uh, that big department? So uh, uh, have thirty eight currently, uh, and and that's up. You know, it's up and down depending on retirements, and and so uh, that's exciting. You know, a, a, about three fourths of those faculty are are tenure track or tenured professors, on uh, some instructors and lecturers, and so all, always moving parts. But but it's a large group. Uh, very a, a great group to work with. You know, the majority of of them are uh, former teachers, and so they're just educators that are working around the clock. And they all just uh, absolutely have exactly the same opinion about every subject, don't they? Oh yeah, every, every <laughs> single one. Of course, of course. I, uh, I managed a college <laughs> of roughly the same size as yours when I was a department chair and a and a dean and. And yeah, there there are a few differing opinions in the in the faculty, and that's why you love them. You want those differing opinions. It, it keeps us strong. It it does and honest and honest. Yes. Well, um, tell me about the majors that your students pursue inside the the C and I uh, department. So basically, every licensure major, nearly in the state of Tennessee. So if you if you go to the state website and say, I want to be a teacher. And you start going down the list, whether it's a chemistry teacher or a you know high school Spanish teacher, elementary ed teacher, special education, we pretty much cover all license areas. And so that that's the primary area that we cover are the licensure teachers. But there are other areas. We have some practitioner pathways. So, for example, we have early childhood majors that are practitioners 
And so they, they'll complete their degree and they won't have a license to teach in the school system, but they have different career pathways. Uh, we, one of my faculty members has a grant around early intervention services in the state of Tennessee. And so she hires those graduates in that area. And so we have some majors that, that are out of the, you know, what you would normally think of in terms of licensure, uh, but professionals in their own right. And are you, I know you work a lot with the county school systems, and you mentioned 35 different systems. That's that's uh, got to be challenging, too. But I know many of them now, they're, they're seeing some teacher shortages, and they're putting folks in the classroom who have college degrees, but they're running almost a parallel teacher preparation program for them. Talk a little bit about how that works. Correct. So, so the shortage you can see across the state of Tennessee and, and really nationwide, um, a number of factors. You know, that, that's, a whole, that's a whole hour's you know, separate discussion, but a number of factors. And so we've worked closely with all of the pathways uh, that the state of Tennessee approves. We, we, have, we have them all in, in many subject areas. And so the job embedded uh, and post-bac programs are the, the two fastest growing today. And, and this is a number that you'll find interesting. We have more job embedded and post-bac graduate students currently today than I do new undergrad licensure students. Wow. And, and that's, you yeah. know, it's kind of hard to, kind of shocking when you hear that. Um, but that's the most popular, the, mo- the, the biggest area of growth that we've seen. And, and that's primarily people who have an undergrad degree and they're coming out of a different job, a different industry. Maybe, maybe they've, worked for 20 years in, in the military, and they've retired from the military, but they really always wanted to teach. And so we work with them to get them paired with the school, placed in the classroom, and teach them pedagogy as they as they work. The reference, building the plane as you fly it, is close. It's not quite that bad because, you know, typically they're, they're older, more mature, uh, and they've got experience in the discipline they're teaching in. Correct. Uh, but they have not understood or been trained in teaching processes typically yes yes and so the school so that that's a very close partnership between us and the school to make sure those teachers and and from the day they're hired they're they're teachers just just like someone who's been in the system for 20 years uh can can successfully meet the goals of the school system and and complete that degree and license and and they bring a, a wealth of experience to the classroom, so they've they've got some really relevant uh, career things to share with the students, and they may actually have more classes in the major because they might have been a chemistry major in in their undergrad degree, and now they're coming back to to get the teacher preparation to go with it. Correct, correct. We have engineers and nurses, and you know all sorts of different career pathways. Uh, Someone in, in biology just recently, they, they had worked in the field in biology for 10 or 15 years, but but really wanted to be a teacher. And so, you know, when they walk in my office, uh, I'm I'm right there to help them and get them get them in that classroom. And, and we have that conversation today because of the shortage. If you want to teach, you know, it's Friday and I can have you in a classroom Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you're ready, if you're if you're ready, we'll, we'll get you there. That's great. Well, we want to thank them for for taking that great step into the classroom. We're going to come back and talk more about where you're 
your uh, graduates typically go when they get in the classroom. This is Local Matters, and we are talking to Jeremy Wint, the chairman of the Department of Curriculum and Instruction at Tennessee Tech. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Jeremy Wimp, and we're talking about education majors at Tennessee Tech and teacher candidates who then go out into the teaching profession. So, Jeremy, where do where do your students go after graduation? What's typical for them? So a typical teacher rolls right into the school district. Uh, and so every school district in the Upper Cumberland has – primarily teachers from Tennessee Tech. And so those are those are easy to spot. Uh, the Tennessee Tech flags and the pennants and, and the T-shirts, uh, you know, we're very proud of that fact uh, that that's where we see teachers go. Um, you know, a lot of times, eventually they return back to us. So, you know, a lot of our professors have Tennessee Tech degrees at, at some point along the way. And so that's always exciting. Um, but then we have, we have education majors and graduates who go on to to do lots of other things um, you know they they lead school systems or they and they lead the technology in school systems we, we've had some that go have gone to work for educational technology companies um, that design technology because we're, we're such a technology heavy program they design technology for classrooms and so there are a number of fields and directions uh, that our graduates go uh, but primarily in the classrooms uh, all over the Upper Cumberland in the state. And they do, uh, they concentrate in the state of Tennessee, but literally uh, I've met them in California and Florida and other places too. So they go all over the world, but the biggest concentration of service is right here in our state in Tennessee, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. It is. And they um, they all go on to do great things. Uh, they've We've seen them be um, assistant commissioners and and um, the former director of Putnam County Schools uh, went down in the commissioner of education role for years. So they're, they're just a lot of good service to our state and our region. But if uh, if your students are in in a, in a classroom today somewhere in the state of Tennessee, there's a pretty high probability they're going to see a Tennessee Tech alum somewhere in that classroom experience. Well, you're not the only department in the in the College of Education. Tell us a little bit about what what else goes on in the college. So, w- one area that is is typically a surprise in the College of Education is our exercise science uh, 
and physical wellness department, uh, you know, formerly recognized as the department that that prepared phys ed teachers. Mm-hmm. And and they still do that, but it's a it's a very small scale. As a matter of fact, that's one of the areas there's a shortage in in physical education teachers. Um, but but their growth, they have nearly caught curriculum and instruction in terms of undergrads because wow. because of their uh, innovative programs in in occupational preoccupational therapy, uh, pre physical therapy, uh, athletic training, uh, and so they have some pretty exciting programs and and have seen a lot of growth. Uh, in in the EXPW, the exercise science, physical wellness, and that's all um, part of exercise science. That makes sense. It is. It is. It, it does make sense. And and the tra- a lot of the training, you know, is the same. The same type of courses. Uh, and so they've they've really found a niche and and have grown quite a bit. Uh, and so exercise science, physical wellness, the EXPW, uh, is in the college, and then uh, counseling and psychology is also in the college. And the the undergrad psychology majors. Are, are now part of the College of Education. Uh, they transitioned from arts and sciences several years ago. And so that's been a big change. And, and we see pretty good and healthy enrollment in undergraduate psychology. Uh, just added a new Ph.D. program at, in the counseling and psychology uh, in the past two years. And, and so it's you know exciting times in the College of Education. And you uh, uh, you mentioned graduate programs a moment ago, but you've got one of the largest graduate programs at the university also. Uh, teachers come back to get advanced degrees. Tell us about the graduate programs in the college. Yeah, so we have a, a variety. And so, we, you know, we have the the simple ones, the ones that you'd expect us to have in secondary ed science or or elementary education master's degrees. But but we've, we've gotten creative and innovative uh, in the past few years across with our master's degrees. And so we have for example, we have computer science education, uh, and so the state of Tennessee has a new license uh, for computer science education. It's a K through 12 license, and so we're the the only provider currently in the state uh, with that license, positioned well because the state of Tennessee has just passed passed uh, curriculum changes for K 12 education, and all middle school and high school students in the next few years will be will be required to take a computer science classroom. So we've we've been innovative you know around technology but but we try to be forward thinking also. Uh, we've used our graduate programs. We have uh, an instructional technology uh, concentration that we've built in the past few years to help teachers learn to teach online. And so we, we have remained we have a certificate in that uh, and so we've tried to remain creative and competitive but still offer the foundational, programs that that have always served us well. And then you have doctoral programs that uh, sort of add an even even uh, more unique dimension to some of your graduate education. It does. It does. And and so we layer that in and, and so that covers, you know, in the department from freshman and, until you know advanced PhD courses and and that has been uh, in place since about 2002. Uh, the PhD program and, and a very successful program. Uh, literacy is is our largest concentration, and obviously it, that is a hot topic in the state today. And so we have quite a few graduates and enrollees in the literacy uh, concentration of the PhD program. Uh, applied behavior analysis is a growing field. It's it's basically uh, very in depth special education, 
and so that it it's uh it has grown recently we've had a, a lot of interaction and a lot of growth in that area and so it's it's a strong phd program we've added concentrations in stem education exercise science recently and and so it is a strong phd program and, and it does give us that that diversity of programs um, but also you know it, it's a challenge it challenges teachers to take that next step and and uh, educators to go that go that way it does and it's got a great reputation across the state uh, and it started just with a very narrow phd in exceptional learning i think was the the first uh, nomenclature and and uh, it's just continued to add new strength over the years as it's grown. Mm-hmm. And I know um, a, a number of school systems now look for those kind of graduates uh, with some of the challenges that have come out post-COVID. It seems like there's even more stress out there and even more opportunity for some of these folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that we've, we've pivoted as everyone has with COVID and, and looked at, you know, more hybrid models and, and how we're preparing those educators who are, who are working with COVID. Um, we've seen a huge move in demand for online teachers at the K-12 level. And so, uh, you know, that, that's been a whole shift in thinking uh, along the way. And so we, we've woven that into our PhD program as well. And when we take a break, I want to come back and talk in more, uh, a little bit more depth anyway, about education technology, your specialty, and, uh, and what that means post-COVID with uh, more online education. Uh, we certainly went through remote learning with uh, a lot of children staying home for a, a prolonged period of time. So I want to talk a little bit with you about um, what you see is the long-term effects of the pandemic on the curriculum in the College of Education. But we'll take a break first. This is Local Matters, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Jeremy Wint from Tennessee Tech's College of Education. Jeremy, we were talking uh, before the break about um, the pandemic and how it forced everyone to move into a remote or hybrid or online combination of learning technologies. That's your specialty area. How do you think COVID has changed what teachers are taught and maybe what's happening in K-12 education? So, you know, the the most interesting piece, I think, that came out of COVID and, and, and the testing of online and remote learning was probably the pressure to do it well. Uh, and, and when that, you know, as it developed, teachers and school, school districts realized that they could do it and, and, they could, and they could make it, you know, high-quality learning uh, where it had really had not been considered in the past that a viable option. Uh, Putnam County and some of the larger districts had, had really kind of tinkered with it for a while in, in some form or fashion, but never really refined it and had to have high expectations that parents hold for, for learning, uh, you know, in, in a public space. And so, so those strategies, I mean, it, it became, you know, we struggled with it at, at Tennessee Tech to make sure that the quality was there. Um, but then in the K-12 world, you know, we immediately 
tried to offer resources and, and help anywhere that we could along the way to make sure that the learning quality was good. Well, it's um, uh, it, it certainly changed the experiences of students. I, I think the the younger the student, the easier they adapted to it, perhaps. But I know certainly my grandchildren, um, that ten year old, within a day or two, he was fluent in Google Classroom. And but what's it going to do to um, the experience of a teacher candidate who's who's going to go out in the classroom, but right now they're in college. Are they going to learn new things, you think? They do. They do. We, we've integrated new uh, topics, new software uh, into our undergrad programs uh, and our technology courses and elsewhere to, to give the students that edge that if they do have to go online, and, and there are still some teachers who are teaching online, you know, and so it, it's more common at the high school and the middle school level but they, they never went back fully face-to-face. And so we're making sure that we prepare all of our teachers to be successful in those roles. Uh, and, and sometimes it's as simple as, as just learning those basic skills and the interactions and the expectations that you have to set in an online environment. Um, and and we've, been, we've actually had uh, our educational technology masters has been in place since 2012, and we've been teaching those concepts, you know, since that time when we developed those courses and that coursework. But but we've really ramped it up and and seen much more interest interest in it uh, since the pandemic. Yeah, I would think every school system in the nation is is more interested in it now than uh, than it has been up to this point. Mm-hmm. Well, look out a little bit into the future. Uh, a year from now, what's the job market going to be like? How, how's the market for teachers? The job market for teachers is strong. Uh, everyone's seen the news, the news stories about the shortages. Uh, over over a thousand just in the Nashville area um, and teachers, and so you know my weather vane is our career fair, and so we historically fifteen years ago we didn't have a career fair. And, and if I, Putnam County, if I called them and said, "Would you like to come for a career fair?" they would say, "No, I, you know, I have I have a hundred resumes sitting on my desk right now." And so now they scramble. We had over fifty employers uh, at the career fair and and offering incentives, signing bonuses for teachers at the career fair. Uh, and so I, I gauge that with my students now, my undergraduates, I tell them, depending on their major, they either get hired at the career fair in March, or they get hired on graduation day in May. And and that, that choice is up to them. Uh, you know, so the, it, it's good. And, and the, you know, there are a lot of pressures and a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. Um, but the job market is good and, and it's, it will be, it's going to be that way for a while that, you know, the turnover rate is high with retirements. I mean, there are you know a lot of reasons right now, but but the the job market is good for teachers, and it it is still a great career field. Uh, there's there's job security in every county in the United States, and it's a it's a great job. I I have seen a lot of teachers retire who just couldn't have imagined spending their career doing anything else. Mm-hmm. It is it is it's the most ultimately the most rewarding profession. You know, there, there, there are areas and, and, you know, I came through an undergrad in business, as I said, and, and I, you know, I looked around and I said, this is not where my heart is. You know, I, I 
I've, I've completed the degree and I could, I could work in a bank and I could be successful, but, but you know, your heart, when your heart's in it, it, there, there's nothing more rewarding. So much more fun when you're in something you mm-hmm. love. No mm-hmm. question about that. Well, speaking of things you love, uh, you've, um, you've done a lot of work in uh, research, and you've brought in some pretty major grants related to what you teach. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, the work you're doing there in research and development, and uh, you've, you've done work in Prague and in Taiwan, and you've had partnerships with, with folks in Finland. Um, tell us a little bit about that work. I, I don't consider it work. I mean, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It, it is fun. And, and technology, the great thing about especially educational technology is that it's always evolving. Um, and and there's always something new and, and engaging uh, for students and teachers. And so so really, it's just been a matter of of taking those tools and and matching them with teachers. You know, sometimes sometimes they work and they're successful. Some sometimes they don't. Uh, you know, and so so that just that concept alone is ripe for research. You know, it, it makes it one of the things we we had years ago was this device, big thing called a smart table. And we wrote a grant and we put several of them in the schools. Kids love them. They were OK, you know, in terms of functionality. And, and it was, you know, several thousand dollars worth of technology equipment. But then the iPad came along and, and it and it really made it almost obsolete. You know, and so it, it's it was great for a few years, and it provided good data and and good engagement, and and helped the company. You know, the company that had built it figured out where to go next. Um, but it's that type of engaging thing that we love to put in the hands of the students and the teachers and the student. You know, the children in the schools, and and really just discover and and work through what what works and what doesn't. And the children love it when they can get hands on and. And begin to build things. They do. They do. And and so it's, you know, to me, it's it's more fun than research. The research just comes along with that and the, and the publications and the traveling. And, you know, it, to me, it's all secondary to, to getting that technology in the hands of teachers and children. Well, how does that relate to Prague and to um, Taiwan and to Finland? Yeah. So so conferences, I mean, the you know, the having that information, being able to share it, is has been phenomenal you know for for a, a guy from coalfield uh i was i graduated from a k-12 school that had 500 students and so f- for a student from coalfield to to visit prague to interact with colleagues around educational technology is phenomenal i mean we brought back ideas things that that we didn't know and and so to be able to share those things and to bring them back uh, is a great experience, and and I think it makes it makes Tennessee Tech better and the Upper Cumberland, uh, you know, ultimately it, it benefits it benefits the state, uh, and so it's it's a great experience. Well, tell our listeners just a very little bit about. I'm going to mention three topics, and you talk what you, tell us what you're doing with them. 3D printing is one. Mm-hmm. So we jumped onto 3D printing early on. Uh, just to see again how how we could integrate it into the curriculum, and so we've had them at Tech. Uh, Doctor Fadon has had them in his manufacturing lab for years and years, and worked with school systems. And so we we saw you know excitement 
in elementary and middle school kids, high school kids, we saw excitement in that. And and so just the learning around something really is simple. It's it's basically a glorified hot glue gun. I mean, it just melts the plastic and builds it into shapes. And so anything that you can design and send to that device. And so the kids, the kids love it. Students love it. Uh, we worked early on uh, with Prescott uh, and, and we wrote an article about their playground. One of the things they did was they designed the playground and then they used 3D printed models to des- decide which ones they wanted to build the playground with. That's and amazing. so it was a great interaction. Uh, and so that's a fun, again, it's fun. There's so much learning, so much math and, and you know, ways to make it. It's true STEM education, isn't it? Is. It, it, it is. It is. Well, how about immersive technology? So so I have worked, so Dr. Jason Beach, that, that, that's his baby, his project. And so I've worked side by side with him for years uh, with the Vision Lab, uh, virtual, uh, virtual reality. We have a nice long name for the acronym. Um, but we we've been doing a lot of really fun stuff with it, teaching teachers, and so so getting teachers introduced to the classroom in virtual reality before they physically walk into the classroom has been a big deal. So so he sent out grad assistants and recorded classrooms in complete 360 audio and video, full complete 360, and so they wear the headsets, the Oculus Rift uh, headsets. And, and they can view those classrooms early on before they ever step foot into it and, and use it not as a replacement, but as in addition to those classroom it experiences. It gets them a bit more comfortable with uh, what they're about to face. It does. It does. And it's a technology that our incoming teachers, educators, are used to. I mean, it, it's a common technology for them. So That is great. Well, you are doing so much important work getting our our teachers ready for their future uh, and preparing our teachers just uh, as undergrad uh, uh, classroom candidates. Uh, I'd love to talk to you some more. We're out of time today, but I sure thank you for coming in, and uh, we'll just have to talk some more about all the great things going on in the College of Ed. Thank you. Thanks for being here.